Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash randomtpodcasts. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Welcome to the Random Tea Random Miniseries Podcast. I'm Queenie. I'm Shania. And today we're talking about Season 1, Episode 8, Strigoi. Dun, dun, dun. Yay! Which is undead. Yeah. That's what it means. Yeah. So... I was so excited about this episode. I was kind of... As I of, would be. I was excited, but I was also like, oh, Johnny's either going to love this or she's going to hate it. But Bram Stoker. I know. Bram Stoker. I know. And I think they did well. I think that it was very interesting to me. I think they did a really good job of maintaining the mystery of a mm-hmm. vampire culture, mm-hmm. but still kept it in reality. Yeah. Yeah. That was really kind of cool. That was not something I expected. Because in in modern times, um, having vampire cults or whatever, it's so passe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It really is. It's done. We're, we've moved it's on so to... It's so 2008. Uh, well, we've moved on to zombies. Mm-hmm. So, uh, zombies, there's zombie culture now. Um, but back then, it was the vampire culture because, you know, there was Bram Stoker and there's Dracula and all that. And it was Victorian era. It's so goth. It's so much super... Hey, hey. Like hey, the original don't, goth. Don't judge the goth Oh, the original now. goth, man. Don't judge the goth, man. <laughs> Leave the goth alone, man. <laughs> it's my jam. Anyway, uh, but they I think they did really well. Again, it's not like all particularly canon because Bram Stoker and Arthur Conan Doyle, while they truly were distantly related. Yeah. Um, or rumored to be distantly related. They were not close friends since childhood. They were not childhood chums. No. They they knew each other in certain circles. Yeah, because they were both authors, so, you know, uh, within yeah, London. They had uh, mutual friends and they met each other later in, later in life. Yeah. But that was later. Yeah. So uh, Bram Stoker did actually work uh, at a theater. Mm-hmm. He did write theater reviews. This okay. was the thing that actually did happen. That's cool. Um, and uh, he did reportedly die from... The, the syphilis. From, from the syphilis, From yeah. the syphilis thingy, so, yeah. But they took it in a direction that I did not expect, and I found it immensely entertaining. It was a lot more fun than I expected it to yeah, be. Yeah, you were like, oh, let's get ready for this shit yeah, storm. Yeah, I was a little concerned, but they, yeah. I think they did really well, and the actor who plays Bram Stoker, whose name I can't remember right now. He did a great job. Did a really great job. Yeah. So, are you looking him up? Yes, I am, so go That's on. That's cool. Um... <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, so, I yeah. Um, I thought it was. I thought it was quite good. Quite good. Quite good. Uh, the well, and there was still the 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 slight mystery. They always leave us with a mystery. Yeah, yeah. At the end of the day, uh, so Paul Ritter. Paul Ritter was. Bram I know Stoker. that name. Yeah. Not to be confused with uh, John Ritter. Oh, he was a, in Harry Potter. He was Warple, Eldred Warple. Okay, the fuck is Eldred Warple? Uh, I don't know. I'm gonna see either. if there's pictures of him. Why are there? Why would you be in Harry Potter and not have any images of you in Harry Potter on your IMDb? Because he is, in fact, that's a crazy. Town. He is in Vampire. Just oh, there you go. Let it go. Okay. But I thought it was good. Uh, so are you gonna write or direct or me? I am. Because I, I need to be writer-director. You need to be writer-director. Okay, our... I'm fudging it. Hold on. rut Uh Our director is Robert Lieberman. Okay. Who, who has, directed the previous, right? Who directed the previous episode. Okay. You talked at last episode that he was directing this episode. Right. So, uh, I think he did a great job with the whole... The, 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 the way... Uh, the the feel of it yes matched yes. with uh, the last episode's feel so it was smooth. Mm-hmm. Um, our writer is Carl Bender. Okay, not to be confused with John Bender from um, the Breakfast Club. Okay, okay. Uh, he is a producer. He's listed as a co 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 producer on cool. all of the episodes. Uh, he wrote this one. He this is the same guy who wrote Spring Hill Jack. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Which I think that that's because that's given you two of the great mysteries of of uh, the Victorian era. Yeah. So um, he also wrote, and he's the one who wrote a bunch of Stargate stuff. It's that guy. Oh, okay, okay. The Stargate Pocahontas dude. Oh, that one. Yeah, that guy. Yeah. So, so we're familiar with the, both the the writer and director. So okay, 
All right, you ready for a recap? Yeah, let's recap. Okay, so we start off, and Amanda is uh, picking up a bottle of something from a from a butcher shop. You know. And then uh, as he's walking down the street, uh, he notices that somebody's following him. And uh, he, he to make his escape, he bumps into somebody, he drops his bottle, and all this blood spills out. Yeah. Oh, so he, he starts to run. And honestly, I wasn't paying that much attention at the very beginning. Like, I, did, noticed that I it didn't was... get the blood thing until <laughs> later. Uh, so the man runs down the road. He pounds and pounds and pounds on the store, and it's Doyle. Yep. Awesome sauce. And it's uh, the man banging on the door is Bram Stoker. <gasps> Yay! So we got there real quick. Yeah. Uh, so they go inside and Doyle pours them a drink. And there's some witch, scotch, Irish conversation going on. Right, because, right. Because, you know, you don't cross those roads. Um, but uh, Doyle accuses Stoker of being paranoid. He does. And, uh, and he figures that Stoker is nervous with this upcoming release of his uh, of Dracula. Right. In paperback, as, as one would be. And uh, so Doyle takes a, a well-sloshed Stoker home. Right, right. And as they, they get inside the door and they find uh, his maid uh, oh. dead on the floor with a wooden stake in her chest. Those are deadly, you know. <laughs> so we go the next day and Doyle brings uh, in Stratton and Houdini, as otherwise there'd be no story, Yay. to meet with Stoker. Uh, Houdini fangirls. Yeah, he does. Over Stoker quite a lot. Um, Doyle says you know we've been friends since childhood and they're distant cousins and whatnot but stratton's down to business she's like "Mm -mm." but also stoker will not shake houdini's hand oh yeah that's right yeah and houdini's like he's so fan he's hanging he's like he left come on man and he left him hanging yeah he did but um so stratton asks him uh where he was when last time he saw uh glennis yeah. Is the maid's name. Gl- That's time- a great name. Glennis. Glennis. Last time we saw her live, um, <clears throat> it was that he was about 24 hours ago mm-hmm. uh, and his alibi is that he met with his publisher and then he ran a few errands, but he won't say what errands no he's very secretive i mean that's not suspicious at all of course of course not so uh so stoker obviously is going to suggest that you know you go and find the man that that followed him i mean it makes perfect sense really yeah course nobody believes him um but stoker <laughs> says that he he encountered this man once before right in his study like he just kind of showed up like you and, do yeah uh and that this man had said that he was a protector of the innocent and complained that dracula had glorified evil and he threatened stoker doyle's like man i thought my fans were nuts i was like my fans were like deer stalkers and smoke pipes <laughs> yeah. we had to get a sherlock reference in we there. did we did every single episode e- episode 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 yeah it's a new word um, but Doyle's like, what do you mean you didn't call the police? He's like, I don't want to encourage him. Yeah. Which, you know, I totally get where also Stoker's coming from. people. Also people. He's not a people yeah. person. Yeah. This is the episode in which we realize that I am Bram Stoker. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Every time he's, he, some personality trait would come up. And I'd you're go, like, oh yeah. That's, yeah, I yeah. get that. That's, that's me. <laughs> so anyway. So, uh, so Stoker dismisses, uh, that the man, he's, he says the guy's just, he's just an obsessed he's fan. Just a he's just a fan. Uh, but he didn't call the police because he was fear of giving them the attention. Right, right. So they go back to Stoker's house. And uh, so Doyle asks uh, his friend to... Doyle asks his friend... Oh, his friend. He, Doyle asks... Sorry, I'm trying to read my notes. <laughs> Doyle asks Houdini and Stratton, his friends, to employ uh, the discretion working with this case. Right, right. Just, you know... Yeah. He says uh, he says that Stoker isn't fond of any form of touching. That's me. Yeah, yeah. Stratton also points out that uh, Stoker is wearing makeup, which is not me. yeah. But whatever. Um, Maybe it would be you if you had like holes in your face. If I had holes in my face, I just might wear makeup. Yeah, spackle that shit in. A little bit. Uh, and sometimes when I do have holes in my face. Yeah. I, I will. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> now while Doll and Houdini are both ready to believe Stoker's story, Stratton's like, Mm-mm, nope. He's a suspect. We don't know what's going on. Uh, which I'm totally on her side at this point. I'm yeah, sorry, but I am. Yeah, because they don't Like it's, just because Doyle knows him doesn't mean that like it absolves him of being a potential murderer. It is the obvious answer. Um, but Doyle insists that his friend is incapable of such a crime. Like he just, nope, couldn't do it. Sure, well, Jan. It would require touching Glennis, though. That's true. So it would. There is that. Um, and Doyle asks, you know, should we ask the publisher to hold up the publication to try and keep him safe? And uh, Houdini decides that Stoker's going to come home with him. Yeah. Because that's a great plan. 
In order yeah. to, well, you know, it's really not a bad idea. At least it's a hotel and not like Houdini's actual house. Yeah. That would be super creepy. Super creepy. Uh, yeah, because Houdini's living at the hotel. Yeah. So uh, at said hotel, uh, Stoker takes a suite under the name Hollister. Hollister? Uh, yeah, whatever. At least uh, it's not Harker. That's true. <laughs> that, that's a little obvious, though. I mean, like, mm. yeah. Mm. Our Wilhelmina. D. Kula. <laughs> That's just bad. Or Dr. Um, Kula. Dr. Kula. Dr. Kula. There you go. Um, But Stoker insists on taking his meals in his room. He has no interest in socializing. And Doyle has hired him a nice little bodyguard. Yeah. Um, But he makes it clear to the bodyguard that he doesn't, he's not to talk to Stoker or into the room unless invited. And I'm like. I know. I was like, tropey vampire. Tropey vampire. Yeah. Because it's, I'm like, it's, and, and it started. Yeah. And it's begun. And there it is. <laughs> so, uh, so Houdini walks down the hall and goes to visit his mother, uh, Cecilia. And she's like, is that Stoker? Yeah. She's like, she's totally like, Stoker? you can't put Why? something past mama. Why is he here? And he's like, how'd you know? She's I just know. A mother knows. A mother knows. So, um, but she explains that, uh, she read, Dra- she did read Jack- Dracula, which mm-hmm. begs the question. Yeah. Have you actually read Dracula? No. I has not. I have. Okay. I actually read Dracula. And it's not all it's cracked up to be. Okay. Okay. It's not a bad story. It's just, it, it's the. I'm not a fan of that style. Well, the thing is, is it's set up as though you are reading letters and telegrams and whatnot between people. Okay. It's not a straightforward so it's storytelling. Voices. Yeah. It's not straightforward storytelling, but it's letters between Mina and and uh her husband john jonathan Jonathan. i can't think his name and uh that's basically that's how the story that's the premise of the story is it's the communications between them which is really kind of interesting to start with yeah and then it kind of falls apart yeah i kind of like epistolatory stories uh but it it drags yeah. It kind of drags. It's not very fantastic. Well, and you th- you got to think about it like it was revolutionary for its day because yes, of the subject matter. Yes, it was. Matter. Like that you couldn't like walk in a bookstore and go, oh, well, where's the vampire section? Yeah, there was not a, a yeah. an occult fiction. No, like none of that. Ha- not like we have today. So if no. you wanted something kind of off kilter, like that was all you got. That and yeah. Mary Shelley. So it, And he is often, class- this book is often classified with Mary Shelley. Yeah. The the, fr- the Frankenstein. They're always put together. It's Dracula and Frankenstein, which yeah. did movies or, well, whatever. So. Anyway, but uh, Cecilia is talking about how it stirred the memories of the Strigoi. Her, old con- her uh, time in the old country. Uh, when she lived in Hungary. Yeah. I had a cat named Hungary. <laughs> I just thought I'd throw that out there. Okay. Random trivia. Um, but she admits, you know, it's just old world superstition. You know, yeah. she's just being an old lady. Yeah. She, and she knows that. So she tells me. She's adorable. Yeah. And I love her. So she, I love her so much. Um, so they go back to Stoker's house. And Doyle and Houdini are like, uh, so um, Stratton. You were just a little bit uh, curt there earlier. Are you okay? And so she shows him the threatening note. Thank yeah. God. I know. I was worried that it would just be like, well, I'm not going to tell them. Well, because, she's, she's well, I, she really has learned that they're going to. They're going to help but, her with this. And they're maintaining that. It's not that she's telling him some things and she's yeah. hiding some things from him. So, yeah. I think she's resigned. Con- I think she's resigned herself to the fact that they are going to help whether she wants, wants them to or, to or not. not. Yeah. So. But it, it's it's making her uh, her character consistent. And Stratton yeah. has not been a consistent character. No, not really. In this show. But that point has made her more consistent. Yeah. Um, but she admits that uh, that the note may have come from the same anarchists that she think killed her husband, Benjamin. Right, right. So, uh, but they're back. She's but she doesn't really want to talk about it. Yeah. She says that Stoker's neighbors didn't see anything, but they have heard uh, some big arguments in the house. And Stratton found a letter that Glennis was writing to a friend, complaining that Stoker had been had become hostile. And she called him Bram. She did. She called him Bram in the letter, which was very familiar. Yep. Uh, between an employer and a housekeeper. And they're like, back uh, in the day. Uh, does that mean they were doing the do? Mm-hmm. Uh, Glennis called him a bloodless freak of a man. Yep. And Stratton points out that Stoker showed up at Doyle's house at the perfect time to establish an alibi. Yeah. Doyle's like, nope, didn't do it. Nope. Mm-mm. I'm out of here. I'm going to go talk to this dude that, the, that that Stoker referred me to, some some expert on uh, vampire cults. Yes. 
So, and so he leaves. He's like, fuck this shit, I'm out. Yep, basically. Basically, basically. yeah. So, uh, Dorla goes to meet with Professor Izmir Havensglun. Shut your face, you know what his name is. His name is Alistair Thorne. Yep. Fucking Alistair Thorne. Fucking Alistair Thorne. It's the same actor who plays Alistair in uh, Game of Thrones. And it's, you know, Britain only has 12 actors. That's right. And he's one of them now. Yeah. So, anyway, so he meets with him. He was fresh from his... uh, uh, Game of Thrones stint got him some Houdini and Doyle. <laughs> well, and they're in what looks like uh, a library. Right. And they're speaking very, very loudly about vampires in a public, what appears to be a public location. And it's like, okay, that's that's kind of weird. Yeah, I kind of was like, is the, at first I was like, uh, is this this guy's office? But then I realized, yeah, it's a fucking library. Like, even for, even if they're at a university... Like, that's a bit like, nah, nah, to yeah, be like, but, let's talk about vampires. So I'm guessing, though, that maybe the section of the library they're in, and there's a guy sitting there studying that this is like an occult section. I guess. Because what, the thing is, supernatural stuff was taken a lot more seriously. That's, uh, that's, that is a good point. Nowadays, we think of it as fiction. Yeah. It was seen more as, not necessarily truth, but it was more the folklore angle and legends and folklore it was a much bigger deal and he actually has experience with people and it's an actual cult so it's not just oh yeah this is the folklore of the vampires it's like here and here's some people that actually believe in it and they keep talking about the vampire cult yes not as though they they're not speaking as though they actually believe yes they're vampires which is i was kind of worried that that's where the show was gonna go and it didn't and it surprised me and i'm glad yes because i was like please don't let this be like people with fangs and shit yes so uh the professor because i'm not gonna try and say having Mm -hmm. every freaking time uh, he says vampire cults had kind of died out uh, in the industrial age. Yeah. Um, steampunk, just saying. I mean, you know. Until Dracula came out. And uh, he confirms that a protector of the innocent is a term the vampire hunters often use. Right. Uh, and that mentally ill people be- are becoming quote unquote vampires and self-righteous zealots are hunting them. And both groups have um, disrupted his lectures. Le- his lectures? Mm-hmm. Sure. Okay. From time to time. And that some of these vampires actually drink blood. So he's... Still standing by the... Ho- he's, it's not and a- he's laying out the fact that there are people that, like, truly believe in this stuff. Yeah. Um, so. But it's he's making it sound like he doesn't. Right, right. So, um, and, and he's telling Doyle that if he wants to find these people, um, you know, that they're living in cemeteries and they're digging up and they're, like, sleeping in coffins. Like, it's gone that far. Yeah. Shit got real. And Doyle's like, well, where do we find them? And he's like, well, you go look in Southwood Cemetery. He's like, but you need to understand that they do not take lightly to the outside world, interfering yeah. Yeah. in their war. I'm like, okay, so there's okay. like, even, I'm like, okay, is this Twilight now? <laughs> there's a war go. Okay, all right, this is, this is for real. It's a full blown war. Okay, so sure, Jan. <laughs> Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. <laughs> so I work with a woman named Marsha. Bless her heart. Yeah, you do. So, um, we go back to Stoker's house, and Stratton and Houdini are going through some records, and uh, Stoker apparently went to every cricket match that Doyle played in and took notes. Yeah. And there's a photo of the two of them together. That's That would be the Tweed advertisement. Yes, yes. Um, but Stratton points out, that's, that's at a place where her husband took her before they were married. And I'm like, Yeah. Excuse me. I threw up a little. So, Stratton stares at the photo for a moment, but then shows Houdini... Stoker's ledger and right. apparently he was paying his uh little housekeeper and a lot of money on a weekly basis like was it like 40 pounds yeah back then 40 pounds a week should I clean your house for 40 pounds a week back in the day I wonder how much that is now let's you want to can you yeah, look that up I shall can you do the conversion and yeah update uh okay um so the phone rings and Stratton just answers it I'm like, you're just going to answer a strange man's phone. It just, she doesn't even say Stoker residence or anything. She just, hello? Yeah. Whatever. Cutscene. So, uh, I'm, I'm assuming it was Doyle. Yeah. Calling. So, it's now suddenly it's nighttime. Yeah. And they're at the cemetery. And our, our, our happy trio are out searching for the vampire cult. And Stratton is telling Doyle a theory about the blackmailing. 
uh, Doyle over an affair. So they're assuming it's an affair. Right. With all evidence points to this. Doyle insists that, it, that it's a wild goose chase and suggests that vampires are a result of evolution. I'm like, okay, Doyle, you're talking out of your ass. Yeah. Okay, it's the equivalent of about uh, 4,439 pounds uh, and 50 pennies per week. 40 pounds. So she's getting like 4,500 bucks a week. Damn, son. I will clean your any. I, I'll just say it. I will clean somebody's house for $4,500 a week. Same. I will be your live-in housekeeper. Same. Same. Yeah. I don't know about that, though. Only $4,000 a week to live in somebody else's house. Okay, you don't Think have about to. about that. Okay, yeah, I'll live in my house. But yeah, I'll clean your house. Okay. I was like, in somebody else's home. Yeah, because I can't take my babies. Think about that. I can't take my baby puppies. Damn, son. Yeah. So, um, no wonder it was such a... I was thinking, oh, 40 pounds. That's not... Okay, yeah, it is a big deal. Yeah. If you look at the other numbers in the ledger, they're like yeah. one digit. So. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so, they're at the cemetery and three people emerge from the fog with a warning. And Houdini's like, oh, come on. You live in your mother's basement. I'm like, okay. Ner- he ner- actually ner- did. He made the nerd reference. I know he did. It was beautiful. It was. And it he was... was- he was so, like, done with their shit. Like, already, he was like, yeah, okay, anyway. It was, he, I, it was, I can't even. He was like, yeah, okay, you're vampires, yeah, whatever. Yeah, you live in your mother's basement. I'm like, oh, <laughs> my God. He said, he said that. Yep, he did. But Doyle's ju- ready to jump to the rescue. So, no, we don't mean you any harm. So, Doyle describes to them uh, the man that confronted Stoker and the vampire. We're assuming it's the leader, dude. Yeah. We know nothing. Oh, my uh, gosh. But Houdini's like, yeah, whatever. Tell me what you know. Um, but they insist they only know how to protect their own. But they do ask about, Sto- is Stoker okay? Is he safe? Yes. They only know how to protect their own. Their own. And as they disappear, Doyle's like, what do they mean by calling Stoker their, their own? own. Dun, it's like, honey, they think he's a vampire. Like, get with the, get with the program here, I know, sweetie. Right? Like, this is not that complicated. But at least they don't think of Stoker as the, the vampire hunter. That's true. Because that could go a whole other direction. That's true. So back at the hotel, uh, Stoker's working in a sweep, and he notices that the makeup on his nose is peeling away. I was like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. I'm yeah. like, Scooby-Doo. Yeah. Where are you? Yeah. So he goes and he reapplies. It's old man Stoker. And it's, it, makeup back then was a big to-do. You got the powder out, and you had to wet it down. I'm like, fuck that shit. Yeah. No wonder women didn't wear makeup a whole lot back then. I know. Seriously. It's a pain in the ass. Because I've been, uh, you know, I've been watching Downton Abbey. Yeah. And these women are wearing gloves and they rub their hands across their faces. And I go, <gasps> every time. And I'm like, yeah. no, they're not wearing makeup. Never Yeah. Mind. Yeah. Just whatever. So, uh, but as he's putting on his, putting on his makeup, uh, the candle blows out. Dun, dun, dun. So we cut. So drama. Cut scene. And Cecilia uh, hears something and she goes to the window. Yep. As you do. Mama's nosy just like son. Well, she's a mommy. Yeah. And uh, she sees Stoker walking down the street, and he glances up, and she ducks back, and then when she looks out again, he's yeah. gone. So Houdini comes in, and Cecilia's like, I saw him. He's gone. <laughs> so they go down to Stoker's door, and the bodyguard dude's like, no, he couldn't he get leave. past me. And yeah. Stoker is inside. And yes, he didn't he go out, and that he's trying to work. I assume he's working on some, like, theater reviews, because that's what Stoker did. Yeah. So how did he get out? <gasps> How did they're he on turned the, into a bat? They're on like the t- I think it's pretty obvious. <laughs> it's obvious what happened. Obvious how he got I out. Mean, he says he's on the top floor. I know. How, I Spring mean, heel jack. This is. <laughs> I'm sorry. Am I mixing up my uh, my episodes here? I think so. Yeah. Um. So yeah, this is one of the things they do not explain in this episode. How in the fuck? Oh, they explain it later. Did Calmed they? Calmed out. Yeah. How? I don't know. They explained okay. it. Okay. I'm 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 incredulous at my own evidence. Yeah. Okay, sorry. I really thought that... I've watched this episode three times, I swear. <laughs> uh, so back in the suite, they... Also, he's a bat. Yeah. Well, that's true. I mean, there's He that. could be missed. True. Um, or a cat. No. Vampires are never cats. I'm trying to think what other animal... Anim- vampires are another animal, too. Uh, don't I can't know. remember. Um, anyway. So uh, Houdini and his mom go back to their suite, and she's like, no, it was him. I know it was him. And then she gets all... This distant look in her eyes and the hotel just, it gets so quiet. I'm like, where's this hotel and how do I get a room? Yeah, seriously. Uh, and she talks about saltwater taffy and Coney Island and Houdini's like, oh, you're homesick. 
Yeah. And suggest that she go uh, back to New York. And I'm like, aren't you in New York? And then I realized, no, you're in London. Yeah. I was, I was, I lost you got my mind. I did. I was very confused. But she's like, <laughs> I will never leave you, which is a little creepy. <laughs> yeah. They have such a healthy relationship. Yeah. The thing is, families were so much tighter back in those days. That's true. And it, I don't want to. I don't want to say it meant a lot more, but it kind of did. Yeah, family ties were far more important. Well, and kids didn't leave the house like they do now. No, you got married and your wife moved in with you and your into the family home. Yeah, a lot of times, yeah. And you know, but whatever. But the houses were a lot bigger back then too. True. So it's just the way it was. But anyway, so um, so we cut to Doyle and he's in his his little office and he's reading and the candle goes whoosh. <gasps> Just like it did with Stoker. So he goes to relight it, and then uh, there's a vampire. One of the vampire people. The the, the vampire lady. Ring. It's the lady. There was one woman. Yeah. Uh, she's like, uh, and he like grabs a poker from the fire or something. Yeah. Because iron, iron, no, that's ghosts. Oh, yeah. yeah uh, right. You've seen Supernatural. Yeah, I have. So you, have to cut her, you have to cut her head off. Yeah, so, and then burn uh, the body. <laughs> she says her name is Liliana. Which is probably one of my most favorite names ever. Okay. Liliana. It's just... It's a pretty name. Liliana. It sounds old. Yeah, it does. But not an... I'm not, not meaning like an old not woman's... Not crusty old. Not like an old woman's name. It sounds like an, like an older name. Mm-hmm. Just like, uh, you know, Victorian era type name, I guess. Like Arthur. Arthur sounds old. Yeah. And I don't mean like an old man's name. It's a good historical name. Yeah. Um, but he says that, uh, she says that the others would be angry if they knew she was talking to him. And so she tells Doyle that the, the man he's described is Lachlan McBride. And if that is not the most Scottish name to ever Scottish. Lachlan. Yeah. Then I know nothing. Yeah. Don't um, stand. I'm sorry. I had to. <laughs> you have to. I had to because Alistair Thorne is in this episode, so I couldn't See, not. there you go. And the finale's on tonight. So. Yeah. Um, but she tells him that the police must find Lachlan before the other vampires do. And Doyle's like, why are you helping me? Yeah. And he said that uh, the Glennis, the maid or housekeeper, was not a part of our world. He broke the rules. And so the, the, poli- the human authorities should deal with him, not mm. it's not a part of the war. Which, you know, I thought that showed some heart. Yeah. Liana. Yeah, they've know, got morals cared. with their vampire she, Yeah, war. she cared that this, yeah. this woman was not a part of their war. Yeah. Although she kind of was. Yeah. And she was adjacent. Yeah, she was adjacent. But yeah. She was she really wasn't a part of the war. Yeah. Um, but then the candle blows out again and by the time Doyle relights it, Liliana it's is gone. gone. It's all very dramatic. It is. It's it's very dramatic. Very magic magic. And of course it happened to Doyle because Doyle's the one that's like <gasps> supernatural, whereas Well Houdini's like, got ele- I know how you do it. Houdini's got the electricity turned on in his hotel room. That's so, true. Come on. None of that candle shit for him. No. Um, which, Dan, those candles would get hot. Like, some days I think, oh, it would be really cool to, like, live with candles and whatnot. But, man, do you know how fast a candle burns down? Yeah. Especially, like, old-timey candles that are made from tallow like and tallow shit. tallow and fat, yeah. That mm-hmm. lasts, like, five seconds. Nope. Like, I can't get a candle to last more than five minutes in my house. <laughs> uh, so, anyway, it's the next day, and Stratton and Houdini are questioning Stoker about any debts that Glennis might have had. Mm-hmm. And that's when he realizes that they searched his private records. The horror. And he's not a happy bunny no, about he's that. Not. Um, but Doyle comes in, and so they're figuring that Glennis was blackmailing him. Yeah. Stoker finally admits that Glennis had discovered something private about him, but has nothing to do with the case. It's totally not relevant to this. Don't look into it. I'm not guilty at all. Um, and she threatened to expose it to the public unless he paid her. Mm-hmm. And But he will not tell. He won't even tell Doyle in private. No, because Doyle was even like, dude, I'm a doctor. Like, you can tell me. And, like, we can send these two away. And But see, he doesn't even know that it's anything medical. So him being a doctor is not really... No, but, like, confidentiality. Yeah, confidentiality. That yeah. kind of deal. There's, there is that. Yeah. Um... But see, because see, if I were Stoker, I would have said it It has to do with something about me medically that I'd rather not talk about. Boom, there you go. But no, yeah. he's so such a private person that he won't even say that. Yeah. Because that was my first, because in my rewatch, I was like, dude, that's all you need to say. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Um, but he says it has nothing to do with the murder. And they leave. And Doyle tells, his, uh, tells Stratton Houdini about Liliana coming to see him. So, like, okay, we're going to go get this Lachlan dude's address. Yeah. So, um, 
So as Stratton and Doyle are leaving the hotel, Houdini notices his mom upstairs in the staircase. And so he goes up there to talk to her. She explains that she had a dream that Houdini had left her forever. Mm. Um, and she, she does. She says, I don't usually put much stock in dreams, but this one felt really real. Yeah. Um, true story. Okay. When my youngest was a very young child, she's now uh, technically an adult. <laughs> she's an adult. So uh, when, <laughs> when she was young, uh, I had many, many nightmares mm-hmm. about her getting hurt Aww. or killed. Many, many. Like at least five. Oh, wow. Yeah. Separate, completely different incidences. Wow. Nightmares. Mom anxiety was high. Yeah. I don't know where they came from or why. It, it it just it was weird but yeah mothers have dreams like that about i never really had them about my oldest yeah but i had them about my youngest oh wow so doesn't mean that i loved one more than the other i just like it just who knows <laughs> and it could have been know. something going on with you it could have been too, it, it could have been that dreams I never, are weird yeah man. that i couldn't connect the two together for somehow yeah because yeah. dreams are weird yeah but yeah i could I could name at least five distinct. Wow. So mothers have dreams like that about their children. Yeah. Because it's, I mean, it's probably your greatest fear. Yeah, that's true. I mean. I think it started when she was like less than two. Oh, wow. Yeah. Aww. And then as she was, uh, but I haven't, I haven't had one in oh, 10 years, but still. Still. It was just a thing. That's so, powerful. Yeah, yeah. And they've stuck with me and I'm concerned for her safety probably more than I normally would be because of right. those. But. Anyway, so, uh, but Houdini figures that she's just spooked. Yep. Um, and suggests that they both go visit home. So yes. I'll go with you. We'll both go home. And I was like, oh, that's sweet. And, and then I was like, I don't know if you can do that because don't you have a set engagement in London at this theater? As rich as I feel Houdini is. You feel like it he doesn't fuck matter. off. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it matters. So, uh, so later that night, uh, figures are moving past Stratton's window. And there's a knock at the door, and she grabs her little <gasps> mini bobby stick. Yeah, and uh, which we've seen her kick ass with. We have, and she's like, "Who's there? It's your best friends in the world. It's Houdini and Doyle. It's these nerds. It's these boys." And um, so they're like, uh, "So we found Lachlan's address, and not you. And why are you here?" And not, not at Scotland, Scotland Yard. Yard. I'm like, first of all, uh, let Chick get some sleep. Seriously, like, what are you doing working in the middle of the fucking night? Who are these people? Um, but they noticed her wall of clippings. And I'm like, crime board, crime board, I know, it was crime great. board. It was so great. It was so good. Uh, but Stratton explains that the anarchist group involved in the assassinations around the world. And it occurred to her that when she and Benjamin were at uh, Loke, Com- Lake, Loke, Loke, Lake Como, um, that it occurred to her that these things coincided. You know what didn't occur to her? What? That she was that he was in the group and not trying to find yeah, I them. Yeah, I know. Uh, Just but H- saying. Houdini pockets a copy of uh, Tom Sawyer, because Twain is one of his favorite authors. And she's she like, watches him, and she's like, dude, that's my husband's dude. book. And he's like, oh, bring it back. I still thought it was really but she, rude. Yeah, but she lets him keep it. She does. I would have been like, give me that the fuck back. Whatever. Um, but she says uh, the same date as all this, the... The same date of all these different anarchist assassinations, Benjamin, her husband, was within at least 50 miles. Yep. Miles. Would she not have said kilometers? They, uh... Did they use the standard back then? I think they use miles, at least now. I think. Like, miles per hour. I tell you what. I'll I let, don't know. I'll let you know when I get back. No, they still use kilometers. Oh, okay. Because you have to... Because I'm going to be driving over there so i think they still use kilometers per hour as far as their their uh, uh speed limits and stuff go i got nothing then i'll have to i'll i'll, I'll report back although I, there was one other thing that we were like uh this was several episodes ago i can't remember what it was we were like huh that's a little weird they use the american word for something instead but of the british the word only thing something. i can think of is they knew this was a joint venture that's true they might have filmed two little two separate little scenes Ooh. With different words for like each they, audience. Like with um, the Captain America Winter Soldier movie, and he's holding Has different the, lists. And the, his list is different yep. in every, every not every country, but most countries. It was something different pertaining yep. to that country. And it'd be an easy thing to do. I mean, they had already staged the scene and oh, everything. Oh, wow. They just, yeah, filmed one with miles, huh. one with kilometers. Interesting. I would have preferred they stuck to uh, the Queen's English myself. I would too. But, you know. Because then I'd feel like And if it was Houdini talking, it'd be fine. But it was But yeah, it's Stratton, Stratton, who's British. Yeah. Anyway, so she figures uh, that 
her husband was working as a government agent trying to stop these assassinations. And Houdini's like, well, he didn't do too good of a job now, did yeah, he? Yeah, he kind of sucked at it. Um, she doesn't believe that her husband would lie to her, but Houdini doesn't believe that... She would she, believe that, that he wouldn't with the believing. Up is down and left yeah. is... Okay. Yeah. So they go to the Lachlan address and find a bunch of vampire hunting equipment. Well, you know, I mean, it's a hobby. And Lachlan. Yeah. Dead. Wah, wah. With two gaping puncture wounds in his neck. Nothing else. Yeah. And no blood on the floor, I would like to report. Yes. So. Well, and that's the thing, like, they don't know right then and there whether he's exsanguinated or not. He did not look exsanguinated. And no, there was he did not, not a. Even, with, even if they had t- taken uh, uh, prongs yeah. and stabbed him in the side of the neck, there would be a puddle of blood because yeah. jugular. Yeah is the best part if that is was the method of murder yeah then there he would have bled out well there was no blood so there so i'm not that could not have been how he died yeah just saying if you're pretending to be a vampire and you have to put your fang marks in manually (laughs) you're you're not not really a vampire vampire. okay (laughs) just saying just saying yeah uh, I'm up with myself. Okay, so uh, the Undertakers come to get the body, and Mr. Gidget. Yes, I'm still calling him Gidget. Yeah, shows it was kind of nice to see him. Okay, calm down, calm your tits. I'm talking to my dog. Sorry, he's upset about something. He heard. He heard a, a noise. There was a car door. Oh, baby. Yeah. There was a car door. Plus, he's scared of vampires. I'm. I mean, well, you like, know, I'm just can saying, you really blame him? No, no. You should get him a collar well, of... I need you uh, to calm down, baby. Garlic. Yes. Collar garlic. So, um, so Gidget, Gidget arrives, which we have not seen him in a while. And I was like, oh, hey, look. No, I we haven't. You. Yeah, it was kind of nice. It was like, oh, yeah. Huh. Uh, but he confirms that all of the doors and windows were locked from the inside. So how in the hell did Doyle, Houdini, and Stratton get inside? Magic? Okay. Just asking. They're oh, bats, too. Everybody's a fucking bat. I be, well, Houdini must have uh, picked, picked the, lock. the lock. Oh, that makes sense. But still, how did... I mean, everything was yeah. locked from the inside. Because he could have even said, yeah, I had to pick the lock to get in. Yeah. So... But we didn't see him pick a lock. No, we did not. So, Stratton figures that the murderer... He knew his murderer. Yeah. And, and also, everybody's a bat. Yes. Uh, so, Doyle points out that uh, Stoker's been under guard for two days, so he must be innocent. So, just as an officer delivers a note from the bodyguard, and they go back to uh, the hotel, and Stoker has vanished. Yeah. And there's an open window. Hundini says he knows where to start looking. Yeah. So, anyway, I'm like, whatever. Dumbass. I know. So, uh, Houdini takes uh, his partners in crime down to the street where his mom saw Stoker turn down the other night. Yes. And they're like, how did you know he'd go here? He's like, well, my mom saw him. But Doyle admits that he doesn't know Stoker as much as well as he thought. Yeah, because he's, you know, he's realizing just how secretive this man is. Yes. And so they spot a broken window at a butcher shop and inside is Stoker drinking a bowl of blood through pointed teeth. Okay. Super dramatically, might I add. Yes. Like super dramatic. Super dramatic. Like I'm like, you couldn't just get a straw and be like <laughs> casual about straws? it? Did they have straws back then? I don't know. Pour okay. it pour it into a milk get bottle. A gla- get a wine bottle. Like, yeah. Wine bottle. Wine glass. Yeah. Something. But it, he's like you know he was and he's desperate. like got it all over his mouth and I'm like Seriously. Really, Bram Stoker, you had to be all drama drama about it. Yes, he did. He did. So the next day, uh, Stoker's in a cell at the yard, and yeah. he's and Stoker's like, I did not kill anybody. I have a condition; it makes me anemic, and drinking cow's blood gives me some relief. And I'm like, that's just gross. <laughs> Take some iron. Yeah, d- I wonder if they had iron supplements back then. Well, iron would be in the blood, the cow's blood. That makes sense to me, but yeah, but like, I mean, pill form. I have been anemic, and I did not crave blood. Yeah, you know. So just saying. So, uh, with his enforced uh, stay up at the hotel, he got desperate, and so he had to go to the butcher, butcher shop. And anyway, for his teeth, uh, Stoker's like, I've always had bad teeth, and I hide them by, yeah. by not smiling. And he tells Doyle that he has many particularities, but being a vampire isn't one of them. He's like, and he goes and stands in the sunlight, 
And he's been wearing sunglasses during the day. Anytime you see him. And those, by the way, are true to the era. Yeah, yeah. I saw that on Twitter. Like, one of the costume people was like, no, oh, we, cool. we, I researched it, and that's as close to the to the era Oh, cool. As I could find. And they were some way cool sunglasses, by the way, because they had that wraparound shit. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I need me some of them. Yeah. So he stands in the sun. And he says, I'm just sensitive to sunlight, but it doesn't kill me. And I'm like, I am Bram Stoker. Yep. Yep. Bright lights hurt my eyes. And they give me headaches and whatnot. But um, it was just every time he turned around, I am Bram Stoker. I'm Bram Stoker. Yeah. So <laughs> he says that it was easy. You don't, you don't drink cow's blood, do you? No. Okay. I like do like my, I do like my steaks rare though. Okay, but you're not drinking. But no, the blood I'm not. No, that's just gross. No. Cheesy glass tea. Well, you know, I am missing my eye teeth. Really? Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure you're Bram Stoker. I have I have my front teeth. Yeah. And then my eye teeth are missing. Mm-hmm. And then there's my my canines are right up next to my front teeth. I never noticed that. See, you weirdo. I have no eye teeth. That's awesome. You have fangs. Mm-hmm. I do. Basically. My, my eye teeth came in as baby teeth and then they came out and they came in as they came back in and mm-hmm. then they came out a second time and they never came back and there was never any roots or anything up there. Weird. So the gap is back here. You weird medical anomaly, you. Yeah. You have and fangs. I had much, I had much bigger gaps, but when my wisdom teeth grew in, it pushed yeah. everything forward. My grandfather didn't have them either. Wow. It's hereditary. But uh-huh. yeah, I have no eye teeth. I am a vampire. I well, there, it. there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Now you have the secret as to why I live in a dark home. Yes. It's nothing to do with, you know, I just don't like bright lights. It, yeah. it would kill me. Okay. So, despite the fact I got here in the middle of the day. Well, so anyway, <laughs> um, so Stoker's like, you know, it was easy for me to breathe life into Dracula given my personal experiences. So, um, so they go upstairs and oh, why they go upstairs, I don't know because I didn't realize they were downstairs. Doyle admits that he missed the signs of Stoker's illness, and he calls it the, it's a particular type of, of uh, syphilis, yeah. which was pretty rampant back then. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah, um, because there was no treatment, and it was, or there were there were some quack treatments. But. Yeah, but you could, there was nothing, you couldn't do anything about it. Um, yeah. But Stratton, uh, but he's like, I should have seen it, and Stratton's like, well, this must be what the, the housekeeper was blackmailing him over. And it's pretty embarrassing. Yeah. You know. Houdini, of course, makes jokes about it, but whatever. Yeah. So uh, back in Stoker's cell, which apparently door opened to the outside. Don't know. That would was kind of weird. Would that be the yard of Scotland Yard? <laughs> yep, there's our yard. Out there, they're out there in the yard. Yeah. Can you imagine them having a yard sale? <laughs> sorry. <laughs> not Don't sorry. apologize I'm, for I'm, greatness. I'm not. I'm not sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yard sale at scotland yard oh it's beautiful anyway so some mist drifts in through the windows mm-hmm. cut scene so our lovely trio goes to see Maring, mm-hmm. who we have not seen in an age yeah and so doyle's like uh lachlan killed the housekeeper and then the vampires killed lachlan in revenge right and Stratton points out that Stoker uh, still has the motive for killing. She's not giving up. Right. So he still has a motive for killing Glennis, and he does. And Lachlan, at that. And he has no alibi. Okay. Doyle's like, he's no murderer. He's still just adamant that this man did not kill anybody. And Gudget comes in, and he tells them that Stoker has escaped. So they go back to the cell, and they're looking <laughs> at it. Houdini's like, I could have done this. Yeah. I, get, I did this two years ago. And I'm like... When was Houdini in the cell? Remember when he broke out of Scotland Yard? No. They mentioned it on the in the first episode. Okay. Um, That's why Maring didn't like him from the get-go, because he was able to escape from Scotland Yard. But I liked... It, I have no memory of this place. But I liked it that Doyle was like, without any... Um, without any uh, preparation. And he was like, oh, well, no. No, I mean, like, I prepped. Yeah. Um... But the guard claims he dozed off, but he's seen anything. And but Gadget suggests that they all, you know, go searching. And Doyle treats Houdini with some respect here, and he says, "You don't have to tell me how you did it, but but could Stoker have done what you did without help?" Mm-hmm. He's like, "No, that would have been impossible." So. And so Doyle suggests that they go and search Southwood. 
the the cemetery. Right. Like, well, why not? Let's. I don't know why that go. cemetery, but sure, whatever. Well, it's the cemetery that's been named. In it's the, cool looking. It's where dude told him to go. Yeah. It was in the script. It was in the script. Okay. And you know where else we need to go? Where? I don't know. Okay. That was such a bad segue <laughs> that I just. The I was I- like, how are you going to bring this around? The idea was that we need to go to our website at randomtpodcast.com <laughs> and I just... And you were shocked at how bad your own segue was? was. so bad. You tried though. That's what matters. I did. Um, so yeah, I just want to take this moment as we're traveling to the cemetery to talk about uh, some of our other podcasts. Yeah. Um, because not only do we talk about Houdini and Doyle. Uh, we have many other podcasts, such as Gotham. Yep. There are no vampires on Gotham, though. No, not yet. Not you yet. Never know. Not yet. You really never know with That's Gotham. true. That's true. Uh, did we ever run into a vampire on Sleepy Hollow? I don't think we did the vampire on Sleepy Hollow. No, we did not. No, that's, that's we did a, just about everything else. That's a disappointment. Yeah. Yeah. That's a disappointment. But there are three seasons of, yep. uh, of Sleepy Hollow out there. And uh, what else do we have? Uh, we have uh, Agent Carter. Two seasons. Two seasons Both of that. Both of them. Um, we have Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, we're recapping through season one right now. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fun. Um, then we have just random movies. Yeah, we do. Cabin in the Woods coming up right quick. Yep. And then we have the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies. Yes. Uh, which Winter Soldier yes. is coming up on that one. Yes. Um, is that all of them? That can't be all of them. I think so. Wow. Okay. Um, but yeah, you can find all of these on our website. Yep. And we love to hear from our listeners. We love to get feedback on them. Even if it's something that's already aired, we encourage you to to talk to us. Yes. Sometimes we even talk back. <gasps> uh, but you can email us at randomtpodcast.com. No. Randomtpodcast at gmail.com. So close. Is the email address. So close. Um, also on Twitter at randomtcasts. Yep. And on Tumblr at randomtpodcast.tumblr.com. And then there's Facebook at facebook.com slash randomtpodcasts. There you go. Uh, so there's all of that. Um, but also, if you subscribe to notifications on any of our social media, the Twitter, the Facebook, the Tumblrs, you'll know a instant one of our podcasts are released. Yeah. So we, we have- cross cross uh post the shit out of that yeah we do uh and we yeah we we, we talk to you people out there so yeah, yeah talk talk back to us we we love hearing from you um yeah. and if you have any because what you're listening to is our random mini series yeah series um so suggestions are welcome um just something anything short like mm-hmm. uh, a mini series obviously or a short run show that has yeah. been, since been canceled like for example firefly yeah which we will probably get to eventually at some point one day yeah i don't need an excuse to rewatch that no i don't either no i really don't i just trash yeah that's all i got to say yeah trash, trash. oh that's not my favorite though my favorite's the the one that out goes of through all the, out of gas you out knew of gas th- without the, even saying anything out you of knew gas is the best one it is the best it's yeah. the it's the backstory episode it is. You know? so uh but yeah that's uh we'd love to hear from you yeah absolutely so uh, so, all right, so I'm gonna, is that everything? Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, we end up at the cemetery. Oh, that's how long it took us to get to the cemetery. There you go. It was a, quick, a pimp session. A pimp session. So um, does that make us the whores? Whores? Whores. I don't know. It might. I'm okay with that. So, at, least, <laughs> at least we're not vamp tramps. <laughs> Speak for yourself. Okay, maybe. Speak for yourself. All right, whatever. Okay. So uh, they're at the cemetery, and Houdini suggests that they split up. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, what is rule number one of Random Tea Podcast? Never split up. Never split up. You dumb shits. Okay. But Houdini says they need to split up to cover more ground. And Houdini's like, fuck no, those girls at Random Tea Podcast said. I know. Don't split up. Like, don't do that. So Stratton points out that Stoker's life may be in danger. And Doyle's like, nope, mm -mm, we're not splitting up. So Houdini. Because Doyle is not dumb. No. Uh, he is apparently the smart one. So Houdini finds a decapitated woman on the ground. Yeah. But they do. Oh, wait. So they do actually split up. Yeah, they do. Which is dumb. They go through this whole. Doyle tells him to whistle. And <laughs> apparently. He know how. Houdini does not know how to whistle. Okay. Fun fact. Yeah. Michael Weston. Yeah. Cannot whistle. Yeah. However, they had to reshoot this scene like seven different times because apparently Michael suddenly knew how to whistle. Yeah, I've, I tried to do that. The way that they do it. Like, I've never been able to, like, 
Like, what the fuck is that? I can't do that. Who whistles like that? I can whistle the normal way. So, uh, true story. Okay. My oldest child. Yeah. Cannot whistle. At all. At all. Full stop. Full stop. No whistle. No. I tried teaching her. She cannot whistle. I feel like a failed mother. Oh, yeah. Because she cannot whistle. Yeah. Yeah, I okay, thanks for that vote of confidence. Yeah, we I can't appreciate be that. Anymore. <laughs> All right, I'll go. I take my whistling really seriously. <laughs> I'm fine. I'll leave. <laughs> okay. Um, I'll take my recap with me. Oh, don't. Okay, so but Houdini finds a decapitated woman. You know. I'm assuming it's Liliana. That, that's what I That's, that's the assumption what I got. got. Cuz she cuz she she uh, did tell. squealed to Doyle. She did. She did. So therefore Um but he gets knocked unconscious with a shovel. Yeah. In a cemetery. This is why you don't split up. I know. This is okay. why you don't split up. So um, Doyle hears um, his buddy Stoker. Right, right. Yelling. And he finds him in a mausoleum. Right. And he gets him out. And Stoker staggers out. And he says, some woman took me from the jail. It had to be Liliana. Yeah, but I want to know how the fuck she got him out there. How the fuck did she get into Doyle's house and disappear with the candle? Because vampires? See, oh my gosh. Even even they know. Even they know it's so. because vampires. Um, Would you stop with the barking? <laughs> but she but you know, she told him that she was a vampire and everything. So she brought him to uh, the cemetery and locked him up for his own safety, obviously. Still not still not sure how he how she did um, that, but whatever. But uh, but she told him that the other vampires had fled London after learning that Lachlan had been killed. Right. And something approaches in the mist. <gasps> and I'm like, that's a Stephen King novel. Yeah. Um, and Doyle has stick Stoker back into the in the mausoleum because <laughs> that's that's great. I let you out and I get back in. Back in, Bram. But uh, the, the new arrival is uh, Mr. One, Mr. Alistair Thorne, whose <gasps> name is not Alistair Thorne. The professor. He's dude. the professor, dude. And but he says he's <laughs> bless their hearts. Oh my gosh! Shut up, y'all. Nothing else is happening. Uh, There's a vampire outside. Well, you know, they can just suck it, literally. Because I have not invited anybody in this house. You let me in. Well, yeah. See, you're in trouble. Okay. I let you in. <laughs> so the professor dude's like, I'm here to kill Stoker. Right. And I'm a vampire hunter. They give the, I can't remember what the, the phrase is, Valent, Valentar? Valencar or something like, not Valencar. Not Valencar, that's Game of Thrones, honey. Oh. I looked it up. It does mean hunter. Vanator or yeah. something like that. I can't yeah, remember. Whatever. Um, and he's there to kill Stoker. And but Lachlan killed Glennis. And mm-hmm. Lachlan was an overzealous follower who disgraced himself by killing a human. <gasps> and the professor killed Lachlan, made it look like a vampire killing without any blood. And now he's going to kill Stoker to stop him from recruiting any more vampires. Um, but if they don't tell him where Stoker is, he won't tell him where Houdini is. Oi. I'm Robert Yergley. I'm like, good lord. So he, he disgraced our war by killing humans, unlike me, who only kill real live vampires that exist. And ex- I'm a scholar. Except this one human I have buried over here in a grave. Yeah. So Houdini wakes up inside of said buried coffin. Yeah, he does. And he calls for help, but of course nobody hears him. I wanted him to do the Kill Bill thing. <laughs> I wanted him to pick up his cell phone and call somebody. Yeah. I would also like to point out that Michael Weston did tweet about the fact that uh, he hated to get the suit dirty. Oh. They had to talk him into it. Oh, really? He was very upset about getting the suit dirty. Okay. He was very concerned. When you're also your character. Yes. So anyway, I'm I'm starting to believe that Michael Weston is indeed Houdini. (laughs) I really am. So, um... So the professor explains that Houdini is buried in one of the graves. Oh, like we didn't know that already. No dirt. And Stoker makes a run for it, and the professor chased after him. So Doyle and Stratton go start looking for um, fresh soil. And, and it's um, dark out, so, I mean, like... Oh, sure, of course. That's difficult. What bugs the crap out of me is there is no methodical way that they're searching. No, it they're is completely like... They're just literally randomly yeah. running. I would been like... Nee, ee, 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 yeah. ee, ee, row after row They were just so i'm yeah. like you fucking idiots so yeah. um they're searching the tombstones and Houdini manages a whistle and she's standing there she's like do it again and i'm like my heart stopped for just a second i yeah. was like come on stratton save him and um, then kiss exactly so he does it again she follows the sound 
Yeah. Um, but the professor chases Stoker into a nearby crematorium, which apparently the, the fires are stoked in the middle of the night. 24 hours a day, man. I guess so. Well, I guess they're hard to build up once you get them started and just keep I them guess? going. But nobody's there to... Whatever. So uh, <laughs> Doyle follows the two of them inside. Yeah. There's a lot of back and forth right here. Yes, there is. Uh, Houdini starts using his money clip to pry apart the... Is that what he was using? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it was. Uh, money clip to pry apart the boards. Yep. I know, my own notes surprised me. So the professor... Then the prof- Then we sh- cut back. The mm-hmm. professor grabs Doyle and puts a knife to his throat. And Stoker calls out. Yeah, he wants Stoker to come out. And then it cuts back to Houdini. And he pries the, the coffin lid open. And all the dirt pours in. Yep. So then we cut back to Doyle. And he tells Stoker to save himself... And he elbows the professor in the gut, which I would have stomped on the foot, but whatever. Yeah. Um, they struggle for the knife, and Stoker runs over, and he shoves Doyle away. And Doyle hits his head and knocks himself out. I'm yep. like... Of course he did. Bilbo Baggins. Oh, my God. Of course you did. So then Stratton finds the fresh grave and starts digging with her bare hands. Yeah. And I'm like, this is not good. Yeah. So then we cut back to Stoker and the professor, <laughs> and they're struggling. And uh, they're trying to throw each other into the furnace. And then Doyle wakes up and he sees somebody, somebody's burning in the furnace, which was poorly done. But and whatever. he assumes it's, it's Bram. So, yeah. So Stratton, well, he thinks they're both in there. Oh, okay. So okay. Stratton calls out to Doyle and he, and of course, apparently she's close enough that he hears her. And so he runs out there to help her and picks up the shovel that was lying right nearby. Yeah, that she was that she was digging with her hands. And she anyway, was in a panic, man. So, well, the first thing you do is look around for a tool, a rock, something. You so you're not, you know, you've played RPGs, man. That's true. Look for the glowing rock. Yep, the shovel should have been glowing. She should have had the shovel with her from the get go. That's because true. You, she should have picked it up the first time. Anything that you can pick up, man, you carry it. I know my character in Witcher is carrying so many rope ladders and yeah. saddles. Man, and you got to carry that shit. You never know can, when you're going to need it. I had like 15 candelabras. Yeah. Just you got to do what you got to do, I, man. I, I went to sell off and uh, I sold off 40, count them, 40 swords and axes <laughs> that I was apparently carrying That's around awesome. with me. Not including the two swords on my back. Well, there you go. 40. So anyway. Anywho. I was apparently So clearly Adelaide Stratton has never played an RPG. Oh, I know. So anyway, so Houdini gets, you know, they get him out. Yeah, obviously. And so Doyle explains that Stoker and the professor fell into the furnace. But Stoker staggers out and says that he fell to the side and he was, okay, everybody's knocked out now. Yeah. So we go back to Stoker's home and Doyle finally realizes that Van Helsing is an anagram of Haven's Lingen. Yeah. Haven's Glen. Haven's Glen. Whatever. And Stoker admits that he chose it as an homage yeah. to the professor. And I'm like, oh, That's nice, that's except for that man sweet. wanted to kill you. So uh, there's a box of the paperback sitting there, and mm-hmm. Doyle hands him one and asks him to inscribe it. And he says, if I have to. Yeah. So he does. And Doyle says that um, they talk about his symptoms and whatever, and he wants to know how long he has and whatever. Yeah. So. So Doyle suggests that they embrace the albatross around their necks and Stoker assures him that most people are forgetful and he hands him the book and Doyle sees that he has written forever <gasps> Bram Stoker. I'm like, I ship it. Yep. Of course you do. Of course I do. Childhood friends, man. Yeah. I know, right? But they're cousins. I don't know cousins married back then. So Houdini, uh, during all of this, Houdini is walking Stratton home. Right. Which he's like, she's like, you don't have to. He's like, yeah, I do. And uh, but she says that she found a telegram that her husband sent to a hardware store owner in Buffalo, New York. Yep. But they get to her her home and the gate is ajar. <gasps> so they go and they discover that someone has torn the place apart looking for things, and all everything of Benjamin's is gone. Yeah, every single item. Everything that was his, and I'm like, that's very specific. Yeah. So Houdini tells her that we're going to Buffalo. Yep. He says, I'm going anyway. I'm taking my mom home, so we're going anyway. And she's, <gasps> thank you. Yeah. And they hug, and I'm like, give her the fucking book. Yeah. Give, give her, her the, the book, book back. back, because that's all that she has left of her husband. Give yeah. It. And he didn't. Like, you, he may have not had it on him. That's what I assumed. So I really want, in the next episode, to get him giving it back to her to go, you we know. need. I need it. Yeah. I need it. Otherwise, the man is a complete dick, and I want nothing more to do with him. Yes. 
So um, in the early morning hours, Houdini goes home. Nope, he doesn't. He no, doesn't. he doesn't. That's doesn't the end happen. of the episode. It's That's, done. Yeah. That's it. Nothing else happens. Okay. So he goes home and his mother is asleep on the couch, except she's not. And he takes her hand and realizes that she's gone. Yeah. <laughs> Which you looked it up and found that she did, in fact, die in 1891. No, it was 1893. We're in 1893 yeah. now, aren't yeah. we? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. That's but of course Houdini was also not very famous. I mean, he was famous then, but he wasn't as famous as they kind of make him out to be, as they do in the show. Yeah. Um, and he was also married to Bess at this point. So who the fuck knows? But yeah, she died. No, no, she died in 1913. She, yeah, his dad died in 1892. I don't know what year we're in. 1901. Okay. Yeah. Wow. She died in 1913. Okay, I could have sworn that you said that she'd actually. Mm-mm. okay all right i was wrong Mm-mm. fine so yeah darn yeah this show is not very accurate so no <laughs> it's not with the history <laughs> it needs to get with the history yeah so anyway uh so that's our show that's the show and i i very much enjoyed how they played it up it wasn't a tropey it wasn't a tropey vampire story no it wasn't it was good mm-hmm. i don't know what it was it was very interesting it was yeah. But this is the same guy who wrote the Spring Hill Jack episode. Which was also pretty cool. Which was more interesting than we thought it would be. Because the Spring exactly. Hill Jack legend is not near as interesting as they made it to be. No. No. He's just he was just some demon that flies around. So I enjoyed it immensely. I did too. I thought it was really entertaining and I thought it was very interesting in a way that I did not expect. It was. I was, I was very pleasantly surprised. So pleased. Uh, so we have two more episodes. Yeah. So we're going to America. One more episode and then the finale. Yeah. So it looks like uh, the next couple, I'm thinking that maybe the next couple of episodes will be dealing with uh, Stratton's Stratton's business. I think it has to. And then the, like a two part finale kind of ending. I kind of think that's what it has to be. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. It'll be, it'll be interesting. So anything else? I have nothing else. All right. Thanks for listening. Thank you guys.